Salutations, this is SMR71, and I would like to welcome you to another installment of Sparakan's Month of Mega Hackers, Mega Technology, and Megalomaniac Mega Corporations. In this episode, our host Zan discusses the relevance of genetic modification and the human spirit, with Kung Fu and Titi's director, Joseph Odin O'Connell. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Now that that's out of the way, we here at Vatech Incorporated would like to thank you for your decision to create a child that will be as unique as you design him or her to be. But first due to company policy, I must explain some of the byproducts of this podcast. Adult language. Mature situations. Genetically superior humans. Death by keyboard. Doing what needs to be done. A six-finger pianist. And the triumph of the human spirit. Listener discretion is advised. This pissnet has more vodka in it than piss. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Mong Review, the podcast where we tell you about movies, how they are, how the characters are, how the plot is, and if it's worth watching or not. I'm your host, Zahn, and with me today is, well, someone who's been on this podcast more than once, someone who you're probably wondering about because I've been promoting his movie so much. It's Odie. Hello, known as Justin Tom. How are you? Thank you, Zan. And uh, have I been here more than once? Yes, you've been here actually on five episodes. Really? Five episodes, yes. Uh-huh. What was the last movie we did? The last movie we did, I believe... Well, actually, no, it was an interview. It was on a supplemental oh, okay. episode. We did a supplemental episode because we did um, Ricky O. We, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We did, we did Ricky O. We did Troll 2. We did two supplementals, and there was one other one, which I don't remember at this moment in time. But because... Well, but... Uh, I forgot about Ricky O until just right now. Yes, it's because we're we're all stressed out because we're getting ready because well one your film Kung Fu and Titties is coming out eminently within a bit because you you're done pretty much done just waiting on uh, some special effects and music so 
and setting up screenings. Yeah, so what is the final time on that? Final time is an hour and a half. Uh, 90 minutes exact? 90 minutes exact of uh, boobs and comedy and kung fu and good times. Well, that is good because that's all men want. And that's what everyone said. When I brought that up, I asked people when I was at the panel at AMA, I said, what are two things that men want or that people want in a movie? Violence and tits. And yes. it is the culmination of that. And I can't wait to see it. And, you know, we're definitely going to review it once we see it. Yeah, that'd be great. Yes. And, perfect uh, movie to, uh, you know, just come home and. Drink some beers too, or smoke weed too, whatever your Ichi's pleasure is. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're doing that, and also we're getting ready for Timbo's eminent nuptials. Yes, he is becoming getting the ball and chain. No, 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 no. We have to be more positive than that. He's taking that leap, which most of us are not crazy enough to do. Yep. Yes, and uh, it should be good. Well, I pick. I'm debating about putting pictures on the website because most of you have been following his whole, his whole soap opera esque situation of where he got engaged and then. But you know what? That's private. That's his own little thing. Now, remember you can check us out at www.spyker.com. You can email us at gmail.com. I am at zan at spyker.com. You can check out everything for Kung Fu Titties at www.kungfuntitties.com. We do have the link on the website. And they can email you at numsfilms at gmail. Numsfilms at yahoo. Oh, it's yahoo.com. Yes. Or, more simply, director at kungfuintitties.com. That works. Directs at kungfuintitties.com, yes. And, now, on a slight topic of that side, now, in your opinion, off the record, of course, obviously, you're going to hear off the record, who had the most glorious titties out of all of them? Who had the most glorious titties? Yes, in your opinion. In they, my they, opinion. And they probably will not hear this, because they don't listen to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> they can hear it. In my opinion, it is Jeanette Trexler. Really? She uh, came to the audition wearing, like, it was the winter, mm-hmm. so she's wearing, like, two sweaters. Didn't show her boobs in the audition, and I just figured, she's funny, she's cool, she did the scene well. Okay, great, maybe she's got good boobs. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Didn't have any ideas. When she got on set and took them off, it was like everyone just stopped dead and, like, dropped. Just, oh. Everything dropped to the floor. It was just like, yeah. it was, yeah, it was like gold. And every guy was just like, ah, oh, God, yes. what are we doing? Are we filming a movie now? Uh, no. <laughs> no, we're, no, we're just looking at these. Lights were crashing into the ground. <laughs> Camera fell. Oh, God. I, yes. Well, she, well, you can definitely check her out. Is she in a lot of houses? She, uh, no, she's not online too much. She's like a model, and she had a few bands, and, um... She doesn't have much of an online presence. I really like Dixon's boobs. She's a porn star yeah. slash um, adult actress. columnist and actress. But uh, yeah, she had great boobs, and I love them very much. But Jeanette's are okay for yeah. me. Those are the bee's knees. Okay, and now the other one. Who had the most subpar? The most subpar boobs, or was there no? Well, I don't know. I mean, people who watch the movie will will probably say, like, why did you cast this older lady to show her boobs? Because some of the women are, like, 52. There's one, like, 44-year-old. But for a 52-year-old, or I forget, I think she's 52, around there, great boobs for someone that age. Hey, look at Because I was trying to get every demographic. Like, you know, young guys don't want the young girls. But I figured, you know, maybe there's a guy 70 years old watching the movie. And oh, yeah. a, woman, a woman who's 50 to him. 
That's pretty good. Yeah. No, that's it exactly. I mean, you look at some of the people who buy these films. I mean, you have the you know, you have you know you have the older gentleman, or if you want to go with the clerks route, right, you have that old Hasidic guy who's like, yeah. like, do you have any of the 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 comfy toilet paper? <laughs> like, get off me, please. Or the bush. You know, you have that, and it's gonna be you know, it's for everybody. I mean, yeah. I think you cover every demographic. Yeah. Well, I try. I tried. Was there any demographic that you missed? I mean, well, obviously, besides the quote unquote Moe crowd, which that's illegal. Um, I think I missed the super hardcore kung fu crowd uh, because I didn't have a budget large enough to get like really crazy kung fu scenes. But that was the joke. Like, Richard Titties is not good at kung fu, and he somehow wins every fight, but he's just a terrible fighter. He's really bad. Yeah, and that's the part of the joke. Yes, uh, but I mean, that's the joke. I mean, well, there's some other jokes which we can't tell you because that's going to ruin the movie. You yeah. have to go watch it. I mean, it. that's the se- you know, in the sequel, we'll have, uh, you know, maybe we'll get some wire kung fu scenes, like oh, straight yeah. up Jet Li, and maybe, you know, we'll definitely have many more boobs in it. We did a pretty good job. We have a dozen sets of boobs in it. But then if there's a sequel, it's got to be like 24 sets of boobs. Oh, you guys outrageous. I mean, if you really want to be crazy, do 36. Uh, sorry. Well, I think I said this on one of the old podcasts. Like, if we get the five sequels, there'll just be, like, 500 sets of boobs. Yes. yes. Everyone will be naked. The whole cast will just be naked women. Ah, uh, yes. That would, that would be glorious. <laughs> it won't even be about Kung Fu anymore. It'll just be just girls walking around naked. That's it. It's like one of those weird documentaries. You're like, <laughs> and they're walking around. And, and speaking of Speaking of n- nakedness, did you hear about that uh, girl who got arrested for being naked in New York City? No. She got arrested for being naked in New York City. Get fully naked or topless? Topless, which makes no sense because in New York okay. City it is legal for a woman to be topless. Legal for a guy to be topless, so why not a woman? Yeah, so the rest of the country should. Well, actually, I think there should be a rule which is that if there are certain criteria where you're not able to be naked, because some people you see naked, you're like. Well, did they arrest her because she was uh, like unattractive? I don't know the circumstances. It was in the post, so you have to take it with a grain of salt. This is in the weird yet true column, which also talked about a gator who has apparently appeared in a guy's toilet. Well, I, I have a friend who told me she works at a restaurant, and she said that an older woman frequents the restaurant. She went to the bathroom. Apparently, she crapped her pants while she was eating. Took her pants off, came back to the table with no pants on, no panties, nothing. And she walked right out and walked down the street. She wasn't arrested. Weird. But the thing is, also, did she have a long? Did she have a long? I don't think she had something that long, but you know, at least covering the top of the thighs. But you can clearly tell. This woman has no pants. (laughs) Well, you well you see, girl. Well, that's just whoa. Anyway, we should get into that part. I mean, because this is our second installment in the month of mega hackers, megalomaniacs, and mega corporations. But yes, our cyberpunk month. Now, for those of you who don't remember about cyberpunk. Uh, cyberpunk, it's, well actually this isn't even, it's cyberpunk, but it's not, I'd say this is more biopunk, but you got five criteria for what makes a cyberpunk movie, or book, or whatever, I mean, if you go for books, you're talking neuromancer, you're talking, uh, went to Android, you electric sheep, but here are your criteria you got, first one is it has to have a negative impact on technology and humanity, second, fusion of man and machine in some sort of way, and this one, which is a biofiction, it's more of an altering of genetics some way or another, next you have to have a, Corporate control over society. Either you have a mega corporation or it's the government controls it, or there's some entity which has rules which are insane. You have the story which focuses on the background, which is, you know, you're going to have, it's gonna, the main character is going to be either a thief 
evil person or someone who is not on the up and right. He's not the, the quintessential, I'm Luke Skywalker from, Dang from Tatooine, and I'm just a farm boy, and I do everything right. I'm a perfectly good, great guy. No, this is a guy who does whatever he has to in order to win. If, even if that means you're going to pull out a... It's the Han Solo. It's not the Luke. That's the main character. And the last one is you have to have the visual style and of the thing. It's either really dirty or it's insanely clean. And you have a lot of advantage to talent. Yes. And this film we're talking about, if you remember from the last episode, when we rolled the Dodecahedron movies, is this film, it came out back in 97, so it's Statue of Libertations past. We can spoil the shit out of it, even though I don't think we should. But it came out in 97, and it's been directed by Andre Nicole. It's his first film. The man who also directed. He directed In Time. He did. Um, Simone. Simone. He did Lord. And he War. produced The Truman Show. Yeah, so he has done quite a bit. And this movie actually was not produced by him, though. It was produced by a little short man who says he's not a dwarf, yet he actually legally could be a dwarf. Mm -hmm. Danny DeVito. Yes, from Throw Mama from the Train and other wonderful movies. Such as Twins. Yes. Which they are remaking. Yes. Or is it a, oh, no, they're it's a doing sequel. a sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah like which that. makes no sense. And also, he's on It's Always Sunny, which is a great show. I recommend you watch it highly, especially the new season's hysterical. Uh, so also this movie is starring, going backwards, got Xander Berkeley. My penmanship is terrible, I apologize. Jude Law. Yep. You have Alan Arkin in it, Ernest Borgnine in it. Uma Thurman. Lauren Dean. And then, of course, starring oh, Tony Shalhoub. Uh, what's his face? Tony, oh, uh, in the beginning. The doctor in the beginning. Blake, uh... Blake, uh... It's not that it is. Uh, let's pull up the Wikipedia. He's quite famous these days. Yes, he is. He was in... Is he on like two TV shows? Yep. I want to say Blake Edwards, but I'm pretty sure that's not his name. I think that might be it. Blake Edwards is also, uh, oh, Blair Underwood. Oh, Blair, yeah. I was waiting. Blair Underwood. Yeah, because Blake Edwards is, Blake is, is, Edwards. is that's the name of, that's the name of the, uh, the, the comedian, Edward Blake. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, uh, also, uh, Mason Gamble, Chad Chris, Christ, and William Lee Scott. And it's starring Ethan Hawke and, well, movie is that? What's the name of the movie? Gattaca. Or if you want to be technical, it's going to be Juanin, Andrin, Thymon, Thymon, Anduin, Cytosin. Yes, all lovely genetic stuff which most of us who are not geneticists will not give a shit about. But they're all they're all the letters for the DNA sequence, which is a big prevalent part of this movie. And this is a sci-fi film, which is very it's cult classic, it's an amazing film, but it's a little, shall we say, not what you'd expect for most sci-fi films. Yeah. Because most times you think sci-fi, you're going to think something like Aliens, you're going to think something like Blade Runner, you're going to think oh, something like Star Wars. If you say science fiction, you think automatically, okay, great, there's going to be action and guns and explosions. Whatever world they're in, there's going to be fighting, but this is just a dramatic yeah. science fiction. If you're going to talk for uh, more literary terms, this is a hard sci-fi. It's plausible. Yeah. It's, you know, we've already started going down this path. And I love that it says just, there's no date, it's just in the near, just in the future. It's almost like an X-Men where it opened up, it's like five minutes from now. Mm -hmm. So you know something happens. And, um, what's the, so what is the premise of Gattaca? Well, the premise of Gattaca is that uh, geneticists have figured out how to make a perfect human baby, basically. Uh, nothing's left to chance, so there's no heart disease, cancer, you know, baldness, anything that, anything like that, even down to penis size, they can do 
which yes. one of the characters comments on in yep. the movie. So, um, certain parents decide they want a natural baby, which is, you know, like we do today, and yep. they call that a godchild. Or faith birth. Faith birth. birth. And, uh, and then that child, unfortunately, in this future, is kind of given the shit end of the stick, because they can only be janitors and... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice, so chance you might be really good, but on the other hand, you might get, you know, if you have any little flaw, one little flaw, I'd be like, yeah, fuck you, you screwed. Yeah. Which is the majority of the faith persons. Yeah. And to get a job, pretty much, you have to just pee in a cup or give a little bit of your blood, and that's your interview. Yep, that's it. And our, the movie opens up in Media Express, where we have our main character, who they call him Jerome Mark. Jerome is working at Gattaca, this company, which is, from what we're told, it's an aeronautics yeah, institute. It's, it's a NASA on steroids, kind of. Even though it looks nothing like NASA, it's a typical cubicle office building. But you have him, he's working there, he's a navigator for an upcoming flight to Titan, which is one of Jupiter's moons. And was it, flight, the, it was Saturn. Saturn and was one of the, fli- the flight only happens every 70 years. Yes, so things are looking up. And then as he's going away, he notices they, there's a big commotion and it shows that someone has been killed. And then we go back in the past and they explain everything that's going on. Now, Jerome is not Jerome. His name is Vincent Anton Freeman. He's a, a godchild who has every single thing possibly going wrong with him. He's got myopia. He's got 99% heart failure. They thought his life expectancy is 30 years. He's got manic depressive nature, psychotic episodes. There's something else which I don't really write down. But he's got pretty bad. And he's, they said he wasn't going to be smart. He was going to have ADHD. And he's... None of those things. You see him. He's yeah. he fits with the elite. Very quickly, you find out that his family stopped supporting him, and he um, kind of shows his abilities by beating his brother in a, I guess, chicken race, mm-hmm. but in the water. Yeah. In the ocean, they swim out as far as they can, and Vincent continues to go when his brother, who is the partly superior to him as the genetics would describe, and uh, he beats him, and he doesn't know how he beat him, but there you see that, okay, you know, it's a miracle. He, he can yeah. defeat whatever um, obstacles have been given to him. And he, for this point, he decides he's, he's going to leave, because his parents, from the get-go, you see that when he's born, his father finds out he's going to be sick, and he's like, oh, we're going to name Anton. No, 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 that'll be his middle name. We'll call him Vincent. Mm-hmm. And then they have his, his younger brother, Anton, who is like the apple of his father's eye, he's pretty genetic, he's all this stuff. And Vincent's been put to the wayside. So he literally, there's a deleted scene when you see him, he takes the family picture and he rips it in half. Just mm-hmm. takes his picture out and he leaves. He, he abandons his family. They think he's going to die. And he ends up going all over trying to figure out what he's going to do, living his life. And eventually he gets an idea to become a broken ladder. Well, yeah, at first he becomes a custodian at Gattaca. So he can, he can be close to where he wants to work. And then, yes, he contacts German, who is played by Tony Shalhoub. Somehow, they don't say how he contacted him. Yes. It basically mentions, like, you know, I didn't find him in the yellow pages. Yeah, he says, how'd you find me? Uh, through some people. It's that simple. So he's a guy who's not exactly on the level. That's where we go with our kind of working on the underground thing. And Broken Ladder is, again, someone who purchases the identity of a genetically superior person who's come on down luck through either an accident or they just don't want to do it anymore, they're suicidal, the parties are involved. 
Yeah, and the person giving away their identity is getting something out of it too. They're, they're basically being taken care of by the person who's taking their identity. Yes, yes. The only reason they would do that is if they're making enough money to do so. Exactly. Now I know what, some of you are thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So what happens if the deal is you got one guy who looks like this and the other guy looks like this? Well, in this future, they don't give a shit what you look like. There are characters who see Jerome in the beginning of the movie, and then later they see him. They've known him. They know him as Vincent. But when he's as Jerome, it's like, it's like, hello, Mr. Morrow. It's like, weren't you giving him shit like a year ago? They only care about the uh, the little pad that says, goes ding. You know, basically it says they're a valid person rather than an invalid person. So they don't really look at your face anymore. Everything is about genetics and your blood and how how easy it is for someone to not be able to recognize you if you're clearly not that person. I still would find this interesting if you had a guy who was a white guy or a black guy who bought a white guy's yeah. <laughs> Just be like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> it's like your picture's a lot lighter than it is. Oh, they're just cut through. Where? There's clearly some plot holes there, but nothing that's, you know, too crazy. Every every movie has a plot hole. That's always Especially good movies. This movie is an amazing film. So, as we said, he buys the identity of someone, and this is Jude Law. He's someone who, as they said, he's a 9.3 rating, which is essentially he's going to live forever. He's insanely intelligent, he's super strong, and he's made for perfection. The only thing is he's not perfect. I mean, you find out that he's, well, one, he's in a wheelchair. It's not by an accident, it's by his own design. And he's, there's one of the things he used to be a swimmer years ago and in the big competition whatever it was I don't know if it was Olympics I think it was supposed to be the Olympics well let's assume yeah so I'm just assuming in the Olympics he got reactions. a silver medal and this guy was like that we said he's like 9.3 he's, he's such the man and then he got 9.3 mm-hmm. and he gets a silver medal yeah it drives him into a depression and then he throws himself into a moving vehicle which turns him into a cripple and he's then after that he's pretty much just an alcoholic and he knows whatever he does isn't going to kill him so he just lives life to the extreme and drinks yep and then Tony Shalhoub introduces the two and they decide to work together and it ends a very interesting uh, uh, suit up scene which was done pretty well I, mean, I think it's one of the more humorous scenes where they just say oh you know what they like shows the lengths that Vincent goes to in order to achieve his goal because there's a lot of things you don't know until you watch movie. I didn't I knew that you shed a X amount of skin, but I know it was one million cells per day. Yeah. And literally in order to not be caught, because they check everything. Their system just checks for everything. For your heart rate, for your pee, your blood. And they so, vacuum your, the chair you sit on and the cup you drank out of. So they he, check everything. Yeah. So he literally has to, every morning, strip off every cell off of his body and, meet, and then plant drone. Fake, like, body material. Yeah, and he also has to have fake fingertips put on, which are filled with drone's blood, so when he takes when they get blood tests, he has to fake a accident in order to switch the vials. Mm-hmm. And they monitor your heart rate when you're exercising, so he's forged that as well somehow. So he's going through extremes in order to get this dream, which is he wants to be in the stars. He wants to be an astronaut, and he's going to do whatever the hell he can. And things are looking up, because the beginning of the movie is literally, there is one week until he goes into space. Mm-hmm. So he's in the clear, because I doubt that they're going to check every single day in space. Oh, are you? You were gonna check your blood? No, I'm not gonna give a shit. He's, yeah. he's, he's in the free and clear. One week, <sighs> and he gets careless. Um, yeah, he starts. It starts with when he starts going out mm-hmm. and socializing with Uma Thurman, 
So um, usually up until that point, you're, you know, it's assumed that he goes to work, he comes home. That's it. So it goes to that uh, just kind of a interesting, what, jazz bar, it looks like. Yep. And he's, you know, leaving his specimens in the cups and, you know, leaving things to chance. And then slowly but surely, she has to, she finds out that it's him because little clues here and there. He's got to take his contacts out for a police check, and then she realizes that he can't see. Yep. Also, later on, like, well, what am I throwing this movie that is a fucking stalker? She literally is, because she's, like, obsessed with Jerome. Like, she yep. actually will, she pretends to drop papers by his desk in order to read his his drawer to get a hold of a, of a hair, which was planted in order to check it out to make sure, oh, is this the guy I'm going to marry? You know? yep. It's like, and as we said, the movie, uh, opens up with a murder, the murder of the direct, the flight director, who was saying, we're not going to go out there, we're not going to go to the stars because I'm a douchebag or I, yeah. I, for some reason or other. And you think, as you watch this, she's so stalkery, you wonder, is she the one who killed him in order to get him off Jerome's ass? Yeah. We don't know. But the cops have shown up, and because Jerome, you know, is flirting with her, he's doing this, that, he ends up dropping an eyelash. I know, an eyelash. Nothing really big. We wouldn't even think of an eyelash. We probably would leave my eyelash anyway. But they find it and they say, oh, what the hell? This place has... This guy shouldn't be here. He doesn't work here. He's not, but he's... And he used to be a custodian here three years ago, but how did this eyelash stay here for three years when they're meticulously clean and vacuum everything down to the last inside of every keyboard? Yes, and we have the two... The, the two, um... The two, uh, detectives, uh... Lauren, uh, Dean, and Alan Arkin, mm-hmm. who does an amazing job. And the play officer, because you wonder who's in charge, but it's like the younger one's in charge, because he has superior genetics. Yeah. Because he's superior. But you're not sure if the older one is in charge for his stature, and also each one gets their way. Yeah. Different, you know, at different times, and you're not sure who is who. I'm thinking the, the long one, they're partners. I think that's what it is. Yeah. But Alan Arkin is upset, saying, okay, it's the invalid. It has to be the invalid. He's the only person who's not accounted for. We have to arrest him. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the other officer, who we don't have a name for until the end of the movie, yeah. is kind of obsessing over this, but he's kind of also covering the tracks of Vincent, which is really weird. Because mm-hmm. he knows who he is, and he shouts for him, and you just wondering, why is this guy so obsessed with, with Vincent? Is yeah. it just, he's, he's a cop, we don't know. And from then on, it becomes a, a little bit of suspense, but it's more the fact is, is he going to be able to make it into space? Will he be caught within four days, or is he going to be able to fulfill his dream? What's going to happen to Eugene, who mm-hmm. is what Jerome is called by Vincent? Is, is what's going to Vincent? What is Eugene going to do once Vincent leaves? Uh, is Uma Thurman going to accept him for being a degenerate? All this and more. We actually should we just fucking spoil it. That's up to you. This is your podcast. It is my podcast, and it is Statues of Limitations. So, fuck it, we'll do it. Okay, so what should we spoil first? <laughs> Well, um, you know, you find out that Uma Thurman wants to be with him through him dropping clues here and there accidentally. She finds out he's a degenerate, and he offers kind of like, you still want to be with me? And she, in her own way, says yes. And then he goes back to work, and there's, what, uh, a day left? Yep. It's so a... she helps him out, because now she knows, and then she tells him, go home, you look like you're sick, because the cops are right on his trail. Yep. And he calls up. Eugene, who is really Jerome, and uh, you have this nice scene where Jerome, who is a cripple, 
has to climb his stairs in order to be presentable for the police officers when yes. they get there. Which is a pretty intense scene because they were ringing the doorbell when they're he's climbing. He's like, oh, I'm here. Yep. And it's one of the best, well, that line is later, but it's like Jerome or Vincent shows up. He's like, hey, Jerome, how the hell did you get up here? He's like, I got up the entire time. Didn't I tell you? It's a very witty movie. Yeah, yeah it's great writing, wonderful cinematography, really great directing. Art direction is unbelievable. It's just uh, after watching the original trailer, it was totally misrepresented, this movie, and uh, didn't have a fair chance, in my opinion. That's, that's why it became a cult classic. Yeah, I think it's still a really good movie. It's just that it just failed in the box office, which is yep. a shame, because it made only 13 out of 36. No, no, 12.5 out of 36, which is a little less, 30, no, 40, like 40%, Yeah. give or take, but still, it's... And it's Andrew Nichols, so his films are, you know, he makes great films. They're great films, even if they're not super great, but this was an amazing film. And now, so the next part is, it's proven that he's in the clear. Gore Vidal, who, for those who don't know, he's a very prolific author and political figure. He's in this movie, it's like, I think, one of the three movies he's in. But he is the higher up, he's like the main director, and it turns out he's the murderer. Yeah, and he was, you know, obsessed with this mission going off because it only happens once every seven years. It, it can only happen every seven years. So he, he didn't want to leave it to uh, the other director trying to shut down the mission. So he was the one that killed uh, the director. So everything should be in the clear and fine. But it turns out that the cop that was so obsessed with Vincent is really his brother. So he's kind of still looking for him. Yes, and it turns to a showdown between them, and not like from the gun, you think, oh, it's a gun show. No, it's not. It's always just a physical conversation, because Anton is, like, shocked, like, I, my, our parents died thinking you were dead, yep. and you outlived them. Like, that's just, because Vincent was supposed to be dead years prior, because of his poor heart health. Yep. Yes, and the whole thing is, he, he said, look, you're going to get in trouble, you can't do this, and Vincent is just completely like, I've gone too far, I'm not going to do this. And this is another plot hole is afterwards, he should have, no matter what, he should have gone to jail or something else. Like, no, he just, I don't want you in. But well, they have a brotherly argument. That's why he didn't turn him in. You know? True. It's the brothers. And he brought up the whole swimming thing where he saved him, and I guess that infuriated Anton, so they went back to the beach to have a final showdown. Yes. And, uh, where? Where you, you have a, a very poignant scene, probably one of the best scenes in the film, which is, where Anton, as they're swimming, is losing again. And he's like, how the hell are you doing this? How are you able to beat me? And it's, Vincent says straight up, he's like, that's what you forget. And he's like, I didn't save anything for this. I didn't save yeah, anything. Right here, he says, you want to know how I did it? This is how I did it, Anton. I didn't save anything for the swim back. And he just, he put his all into getting his goal. And he gets his goal at the ending. Um, gets him with Thurman, who we're hoping will wait a year for him. Yeah. It looks in this classic time, perhaps that might be the case. And Jerome, well, he's supplied Vincent with enough stuff for the rest of his life, and then he has a final exit. And we'll leave it at that to give him a little bit of dignity. Yeah, leave a little bit. Yes. So, overall, the design of this let's go over we'll go over this piece. The design of this film is brilliant. It's you have simple colors to it, which is very cyberpunky, which is just, you have silvers, metal colors, green. There's one scene of orange, but for the most part, it's just black, silver, green. That's yeah. the main scene. 
you got a lot of the helix symbol everywhere in one way or another, either it's a staircase or earrings or uh, necklaces, watches. Uh, what else? What's uh, well, the cinematographer is, his name is Slavomir Idzik. Just unbelievable cinematographer, a lot of nice, like, deep focuses, and a lot of uh, just really good compositions. Um, that one scene, your favorite scene, that uh, the favorite visual scene, that, I still don't know if you use a fisheye lens for that or not. Yeah, there's this one shot, you'll notice it if you watch the movie, there's, uh, it's not, you know, there's no reason why it should be my favorite shot. I mean, it's just a cool shot it's, there's no reason why it should be in the movie because you get the point like they killed him you see the blood on the floor the guy's dead it's just this additional shot of him them putting a keyboard into the evidence bag and they kind of follow the keyboard in. it's just kind of a nice shot and it works no it does it, but it doesn't at the same time which is why it's good yeah it's just kind of a scene which is a, a filler scene but it just adds a little bit of just not realism it adds more to the film yeah. it just makes it a little more meaty more juicy more that um, you have a, what other thing here? Besides that, you have the, the film itself. It has a lot of scenes where it's just silent. Mm -hmm. I like that. that and the pacing is really good. And, um, um, the casting was really good. They did a great job of, because you have to see Ethan Hawke grow up, pretty much. So he's an infant, and then he's a ten-year-old boy, and then he's a high school student, and then he's Ethan Hawke. And they did a really nice job of matching up, you know, the... Yeah, how the, similar uh, the actors are. Yeah, uh, Charles Christ, uh, Chris Christ, and uh, the other kid, I don't have his name here, but uh, you had a great, everyone was cast really well for it, even the bit characters steal, yeah. steal their scenes. Like, whenever you see Ernest Borgnine, he steals the scene even a little bit, same thing with Alan Arkin, he mm -hmm. steals the scene, even though he's just a bit character, he's not one of the big four. And the other thing which enhances this film is... The soundtrack itself. Yeah. It's not like these new films where you see the, the the film and you have that great grandiose. You have Three Doors Down or you have, no wait, no, it's modern day. So you have some of them like uh, Mo, uh, Molly Cyrus's sister or you'd have some other just random like Neo or some other fucking douchebag. The, the top 40 song Ex of the week. Exactly. You'd have that. This film, all the songs, there is no dialogue. And it's really it. subtle too. Yeah. You don't really recognize it, and that's the best, you know, one of the best uh, soundtracks. Yeah, you Michael, don't recognize it. Yeah, Michael Neiman does an amazing job with it, and it just, it's, for the most part, it's just the same theme. It's like, yeah. it's one of those themes, like, I don't want to bring up John Williams, but I will, like, Star Wars theme. It, you have the different themes, which are, but all is similar to the same theme. You have, like, the, the Empire's theme comprised with just... Leia's theme, which all of it has the same influences. Well, in this film, songs or tracks like The Departure, Entry, Criminal, all mm. these songs and all these this music, the soundtrack, it just blends in in a way where it all fits. It just it's an even match to it. Like nothing is forced or even filled. Even there's a scene when you have one of the characters who he is a genetic anomaly, but he's they said oh he's we genetically made him to be like this, where he's a guy. Who has twelve fingers? And no, he's not the six-fingered man who killed Inigo Montoya's father. We thought that, but no. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's got six fingers, and even the scene where you hear him playing is just very well done. And also, a little subtle thing I noticed is that during that scene, you see everyone is in rapture with this guy, and meanwhile, 
Ethelhoff showing he's not exactly one of the elite because he's kind of like, uh, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Or. <laughs> and he had a lot on his mind as well. No, yeah, no. Everybody had, everyone had little things that they did here and there. Like Uma Thurman, like when she was not with Ethan Hawke, she had this very robot vibe. Mm-hmm. Like she was very just controlled and didn't feel anything. Then she yeah. got stalkery a little bit, but then she was fine. And then Anton almost had like a Jekyll and Hyde thing going for him, where he's one minute he's very straightforward, but then he gets aggressive and just kind of like, there's no way this happened, or you have a look on his face just where he's like, when he starts piecing things together, it can't be, and then it is, and then he just suddenly, when he sees a missed picture, he suddenly changes completely to where he's like covering Vincent's ass. There's another nice thing that uh, we haven't talked about really is the fact that they show you just enough, like. That's why, probably one of the reasons why this didn't do well, because when you think science fiction, you want, like, big, big, and I want to see everything about this world. Like, in this, they show you just enough. They set up the scenes perfectly, so you see the apartment building and how, like, structured and metallic it is, so you figure that the rest of the world looks like that. Or you see the rocket launch, and you figure, okay, so this is pretty futuristic, or they just show you one office room. And it kind of makes that cold feeling, but they don't show you yeah, they don't do everything. They don't dump. overdo it. Yeah. Yeah, they don't info dump and say, this is what happens here, and this is what happens here, and this is how this works. It's just like, here it is, you believe it, you are aware of it. Like, there's yeah. like things like, they have essentially a Dick Tracy watch. The watch is a cell phone, and they don't explain how it got there, how it works, just it's there. Mm-hmm. There's also a scene with a Chekhov's gun. Pretty much it's a scene where you see him, he picks up his thing when he's cleaning early on, and it's brought back later. You don't yeah. even think about it, but it's just... Not explaining it, just it works. Yep. It's a great movie. It's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. No, easily, easily in my top five. And it's very, uh, it's got great replayability. So I suggest at this point, just buy it. Because what? how much could it be? Ten bucks? Uh, you, I bought it for four. Yeah. And that's, and that's the, the good thing. You know, it's, it's 15 years old. Just go out and buy it. If you like it, you're going to love it. That's yes. basically yeah, as How you can tell, is. we're both going to give this really, really weak. But before I think we need to list the rest of the ratings, one thing I didn't like also was the fact that you have a lot of things where, besides all the discrimination issues and the fact that it has the whole haves and have-nots nots issue, where you have the genetic elite versus the genetically downtrodden just because of genetics, you have the whole, they called it uh, genoism instead of racism, mm-hmm. which was a nice touch. I like the fact that you have that whole loss of identity thing going on with Vincent, where he's kind of like, realizing that he's no longer going to be him no matter what. Yeah, and because he feels like someone's trying to find him around every corner, but that's not how it is. It's just yeah. once he's Jerome, no one cares. No one thinks it could happen. Yeah. And meanwhile, the same thing happens with Jerome, where he realizes that, like, when the day that he is told, like, this is the last day you're going to be you, and he has just a very poignant scene, just him just sitting there. And you see later, after Vincent has the, the thing, he goes down. He, I think he's in the same spot. He hasn't moved the entire time, just going into his head that I'm no longer me. I'm not the person who I was this morning, and now I have to be someone else. And, like I said, the movie's totally worth it. It's an amazing film. Art direction was great. Film was great. And just... I wouldn't suggest watching it after you've been to, like, Great Adventure or Disney World. Yeah. You know, if you got a free day and you're you know, you're just in a decent mood, not too ecstatic. You know, give it a give it a watch. Or if it's a rainy day, it's probably a good thing. Oh yeah, but um, but after a you know birthday party or no. new baby is born, 
No, definitely not. It, it, is, it is a bit somber. It's somber. It's also a very... Uh, it's well paced, but it is a slow paced film. Mm-hmm. It's, if you're looking for something, if you're looking for something like Gamer, this is not the film for you. I mean, I know I've tried to get two SOs to watch this film, and both of them could not sit through it. It's just that they want something a little more paced, a little more awesome, a little more crazy, a little more just, you know, it has to have something. You've actually had that, even though this has a romantic aspect of it, it's just downplayed. Yeah. It's not the focus of it. The focus of the film is the relationship between. Vincent and Jerome, and Vincent and Anton. And yeah, and, and overall, like, the human spirit. Yeah. Just, he's basically given nothing. He's told that you'll never be anything because of your because of your blood, pretty much. Yeah. And he's got to overcome everything in order to yeah. go into space. Yeah, it's a, it's a very common story. It's a story of just person who, human perseverance. Just yeah. someone rising to the occasion and doing what needs to be done in order to do, do what needs to be done. True, this character is not someone who really should. He's breaking how many laws? We don't know. Yeah, he doesn't need to do it. He wants to. He wants otherwise, his life is meaningless. Because everyone wants to have validation in your life sometimes. Yeah. You want to do something. Just It shows that you are you. It's not just, I want to live a dead-end job. I mean, that's part of why I do this podcast and why you've made your film. Yeah. It's just it's something that's just a way to not just validate our existence, but just some, a driving force in our life. Anyway, let's do the wait. Now, um, who would you give the MVP to? I actually give the MVP to an actor that we didn't speak about very much. Who? I did. I was gonna give it to him as like a runner-up because this is Ethan Hawke's movie and he's amazing. And have me not give him the MVP, mm-hmm. but I have to give it to Xander Berkeley, who plays this very small ro- role in it, but he's there throughout the movie and he's he's kind of what, what do you say like a doctor yeah, in the facility? Yeah, he's, he's yeah he's a doctor in the facility at Gattaca and he's always um, Ethan Hawke's doctor and he, he plays a pretty big role in the movie as you'll see I have to actually give it I give it to Alan Arkin because right. he's just like the hard nosed cop whose boss is telling him yeah 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 just stop it keeps going even though he's going down the wrong path he still does it um, I like him he stole every scene he was in that's why I give it to Alan Arkin he's Alan Arkin he's the man he is the man he is he's a, he's a great actor in this film if you like him, definitely recommend watching uh, the original in-laws. No, not the in-laws. Um, the new one, the one where he plays the grandfather. Uh, uh, Sunny Sunshine or something. Yes, Little Miss Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine. Yes, Little Miss Sunshine. That was good. He's like, he's like, listen, I want to tell you one thing. Fuck a lot. <laughs> and he's great and gets smart. Yes, yes, he is. Yes, and cheap. Um, you have that. Uh, the best scene in the film is kind of tough because you have so many scenes. That, what's the scene that you go with? I don't know if it's going to be yours. No, it might not be. I have a couple. Okay, so this one also, I picked my picked one that I didn't think I was going to go with. There's obviously the swimming scene at the end I love, yeah. but I have to give it to when Ethan Hawke is cleaning himself on the beach after he had uh, the sex scene with Uma Thurman. Because that's just like such a desperate scene because... Uma Thurman found out who he really is, and he's in desperation about that, and he knows he's got to get all these cells off of him, even though she knows who he is. He still has to present himself to the world as this person who he's really not. So you see him out on the beach naked, grabbing a rock and just rubbing it like roughly on his body, getting all the cells off and all the, all the um, dandruff and whatever. Yeah. 
just a really good scene. I think uh, scene. Well, there's so many scenes you could pick. You could do the last scene. You could do the, the swimming races. You yeah. could do the scene where he confronts her with her and literally he explains and just lays it out to her. The scene I want to go with is when he officially shows that he is dedicated to this. Is they have the problem is that he has contact. He's got the hair right. They got his skin cleaned up. The only problem is that Jerome is six one. Vincent is like five eight. Uh, five eleven, I think. Five eleven, yeah, two inches closer. So what happens is that he has to. They say you have to get um, uh, extensions in your leg, which supposedly it looks really fucking painful. Yeah, they actually they never mention the extensions. They just say there's a problem about your height, and you hear yeah. Vincent say, "No, I'm not doing that." Yeah, but then the next, repeatedly. Yeah. The next scene you see, you just see the bone saw, and then you see him there, and, and the narrator said, uh, Vincent says. He never questioned my motivation again. Yeah. My resolve again. Because he literally showed what he did. And then the scene after that, when he's there outside, he's on his uh, crutches, and he tells him, he's like, why do you want to be in there? He's like, I don't want to be in there. I want to be up there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, it can't feel good to get your legs cut off and put two-inch yeah. uh, studs and lifts on each one. I just love, though, that, that Jerome's like, are you okay? Yeah, let's go dancing. <laughs> the two guys who can't walk. Yes. Um, uh, so, overall, great movie. Definitely check it out. Um, oh, complete crap. Fucking forgot. Uh, the use of narrator. Narrating this film was very heavy, but mm-hmm. it, it worked. It wasn't too over heavy. It wasn't like a film noir where you didn't feel like, you know, where you're like, and I, I want to check out the lead, and then he goes to check the lead. It's not that. It's literally more like you're going into his head and his thoughts. It's almost like you're reading a book. Yeah. Especially, like, if you watch a lot of movies, when a voiceover starts, you say, oh, great, one of these movies where there's a narrator, uh, I've seen it too many times, but you don't do that with this one. It works. And it's it doesn't feel like it's there. And it just, you know, it fits. It, it works. Yeah, no, it's... Fits well. The only um, what about negatives? Anything you negatives for the film? I mean, there are some plot holes that you could see if you're looking for that. If you're the type of person that looks for the continuity, mm-hmm. not continuity. If you're the type of person that looks for you know any possibilities of plot holes, mm-hmm. you could find a few, probably half a dozen. But if you're not looking for that, I wouldn't say there's too many negatives really. I, mean, mm-hmm. I guess uh, Ethan Hawke's brother is a little weak. He, he's kind of a weak part. Not the adult brother, but the younger version. Yeah. He's kind of weak as an actor in it. But he's not there that much. So. Yeah, he's only for this. Only negative I have really is, I just feel like, for the first half, Uma Thurman kind of phones it in. Mm-hmm. And then she, then she picks it up once the, the film intensifies and wants a relationship. But for the first part, it just, it just seems she's too mechanical. Too, too phony. Yeah. Uh, other thing which I've brought up before is the fact is that it's just a dumb, dumb thing. But the fact is that they go into space. They're all fucking wearing business suits. Yeah. No, no stylism, no. Just literally straight up business suits, three button suit with a tie. I'm assuming they're having a vest where they have a <laughs> cummerbund underneath it. I don't know. For going into space with a three piece suit on. But, you, but as I said during the movie, you never know how cool and how far advanced the spaceships are. In this time period, they could be, you know, maybe you don't need a spacesuit. Maybe you can wear a three-piece suit to space. And yeah, yeah. And 
Yeah. Maybe they have conferences back to Gattaca and they have to be presentable because of the rules. They have to have a suit on. Yeah, that craziness of the rules is like coming into that. Like some pictures of that. Yeah, it's like an old day. I bet you there's lots of fan fiction writings about just what the hell is in that universe. That universe, there's lots to go back to, but we counted some other things which are more interesting to do for our show. Um, so, I think that's it for this review. Well, we have to do the favorite, uh, favorite line. Oh, well, first, before that, remember, check us out at www.sparkin.com. Email us at gmail.com. Me at zansparkin.com. Or Calls two six two five zero eight four six two. You can call. You can email OD at director at kung fu and titties dot com. Titties dot com. Or you can just check out the website straight up. www.kungfutitties dot com and check out the when the release date is. We will be having pictures of it and um, if yes. you do the premiere, I'm getting all the shots I can to just put up of all the premiere stuff and all the crazy shit. It will be 2012. We're trying hard for screenings and uh, you know we're submitting to as many places as possible. So. Hopefully, we get a few screenings before we go uh, to DVD. Yes, and uh, uh, you are going to Comic-Con, or are you not? Uh, I submitted Comic-Con Titties to Comic-Con, and if they uh, accept it for a screening, I will definitely go. Okay. If not, I, I might attend. Well, I'm going to be at, at um, Comic-Con as press as usual but this year, and since it's so popular, I'm going to be doing the insane manga, I mean, movie challenge. Uh, where I'm going to be giving up a bunch of movies, including Doomsday, which is such a great movie. In fact, it's not a great movie. I have to mention. It's 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 yeah. It's such it's a. It's not uh, Mad Max. No. I want it to be. It's, it's not. But I will say this: it has one of the most impressive and disturbing cannibal scenes I've ever seen. But that's we digress. But yeah, definitely we'll have that. We'll have more about that later. Now, is that part of all we for? What are we talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. The Dodecahedron of Movies. Now, for those who don't know, the Dodecahedron is a 12-sided object. Four writers are going to roll that one, that only, that Dodecahedron of Movies. One other normal land, and that's what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin. Weird Views, Month of Mega Hackers, Mega Corporations, Mega Technology, and, uh, I forgot the other one, but we're going to roll. Well, actually, Odie's going to roll. All Four right. Normal land, and that's what we're reviewing in the next episode. So Sweet. this should be something good. We will see. Tell me when you're ready. Roll it. This is a Ooh, number two. And so number two is going to be oh damn. Oh ironically it is the father of the genre itself. A film with Harrison Ford, Rutger Howard. Oh wow. Yes. Uh, but now the question is which version to review. Have you reviewed this yet? Not yet. No, no, I have not done no. that yet. You rolled it. Literally, that's what's going to review. It's going to be. But the question is, which one? Because there's the there's the director's cut, the original, and the director's cut, regular cut, final cut, European. Cut, Holy moly! Italian. The sorry, the international edition, final cut, and then there's another one. Have you seen them all? No, I actually have never seen the full film. Oh, okay. I know enough about. I've seen the ending. I've seen the beginning. I've seen bits of the middle. So I'm like, I know the film. I don't know the differences, so part of me is wondering, should I just watch them all and be like, I'm going to blow my fucking brains out afterwards. I don't know. So, but I would say watch the director's cut first. I've seen the director's cut and the original, but only those two versions. Yeah, but which director's cut? That's the question, because oh, it's like, literally, it's each one's director's cut. It's like, director's cut, final cut, other cut. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, for those who don't know what that is, it's going to be Blade Runner. Yes, and uh, Rutger Howard's uh, one of his first films, I believe. Or something like that. It's one of the movies that made Harrison Ford awesome. 
or terrible. I don't know. We have to see. So, with that in mind, my name is Odie, and my favorite quote from Gattaca is, I was never more certain of how far away I was from my goal than when I was standing right beside it. This is your host, Zob, for the Spock and Weird Review. And my favorite quote from 1997 Gattaca is going to be, Jerome will always be here when you need him. Where are you going? I'm traveling too. I don't know how to thank you. I got the better end of the deal. I only lent you my body. You lent me your dream. This is it for this episode. We are gone. We'll catch you next time. And remember, folks.
How are you doing this, Vincent? Have you done any of this? We have to go back. Uh, it's too late for that. We're close to the other side. What other side? You want to join us both? You want to know how I did it? Remember you This is how I did it, Anton. I never saved anything for the swim back. Hey, we're in stinger territory now. <laughs> no, this is after the stinger. How long do you usually go? Sometimes. 45 uh, minutes? 45 to an hour, depending on the situation. And now I'm just, you know, this is Stinger, so this is just stuff that goes after we're, we're filming. We do oh, okay. the last thing, then we do whatever. And so, new films, what are you thinking about? What What is what is piqued your interest in new films as of coming out in the next couple of months? Oh, well, you know that I've missed a lot of what I wanted to see from the past year. So, what do, you, like, what do you want to see? I really wanted to see Sherlock Holmes. I didn't have the chance to see that in the movie theater, unfortunately. I, I, I actually ordered that. Oh, well, yeah? We did more freaking uh, Lenny Peter. Okay. Yeah, uh, two, cool. right? Not one. Oh, yeah, the, the new one. Yeah. Um, the movie's coming out right now. I really want to see Snow White. I think it looks really cool. But uh, that's out right the now. The new one, right? The not Huntsman. Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah, not the other one. No, no, not the Mirror Mirror. Yeah, that, that's no, 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 Snow White and the Huntsman. It just, it looks like Hellboy and, yeah. you know, like Snow White but Hellboy and what else is coming out? I don't know. I love the I love the design of the mirror though. I was saying I saw trails of that. Oh, it's awesome. It looks like the monster from Pan's Labyrinth, that one yeah. uh, fucking anime. Um, I want to see Moonrise Kingdom. Yep, that looks great. What, That's coming Anderson. out. It's out. Oh, it's out right now. Yeah, it's out right now. I saw it. It's a palace. What else is coming out soon? Let's see now. You got Piranha 3DD. Mm, I'm gonna miss that one. Prometheus Return. Oh, that's what I'm excited for. Abraham Lincoln. Oh, yeah. Vampire Hunter, that's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Have you read the book? No, I haven't, but... The book is awesome. It looks... It looks anything cool. with Abe Lincoln as a vampire killer. Yeah. I mean, I... It's a stupid... Kind of a stupid plot, and there's a lot of stupid movies out there, but and that that hits the nail on the head. Yeah. Oh, well, with a shotgun, kind of. Yeah, That's no, like that title. Yeah, but it's like... It's... it's uh, what is it? It's capitalizing on the fact that a lot of new films are coming out, which is just how I... Pride and Prejudice and Zombies they're doing. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Like and Zombies, that? based on the book. They're doing a lot of the book adaptions of all the weird horror ones. Like, they're doing World War Z. Okay. Which, that's a... I don't know how they could do that, because the book is literally just accounts of the war, and, like, they're making a movie. Also, there's another one which is about the robot apocalypse. It's starring Jack Black after the robot apocalypse, where he's trying to survive. Okay. Looks pretty cool. Supposed to be a serious movie, or a uh, Serious, I think. But okay. I think he could pull it off, because he has done some serious films. Let's see now what else we got. We have Brave, which is the new Disney film. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. It looks good. I mean, it's, I mean, you know. it's original, which is, which is different. It's not saying, you know. Uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World looks okay. Saw the preview, you know. It's kind of creepy. Uh, the new Woody Allen movie, which I just, I don't know. Woody Allen is uh, kind of up there. He is, but he just, Ted, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know everyone's obsessed with him. Looking forward to it, but I'm not too excited about I that. I'll wait for. It'll be funny. I'm I'll sure. wait for DVD. Spider-Man still blows my mind. You know, they just finished the trilogy. But yeah, but I, 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 I'm sure it'll be great. For ret, for retcon, it looks it, for retcon, it looks decent, especially with you have uh, uh, Dennis Leary, uh, Raid. Rise Ethan's. Rise Ethan's in it. Yeah, I mean, the, what they did with the lizard looks awesome. He's just huge. Yeah, I 
love the design effect when they went back to instead of uh, my line directions, it's back to him actually being a genie. I love that. It's him putting in web slots. Yes. Okay. Now in the comic book, it's him using web slots. It's him using web slots in the comic. Yeah. Um, during it, that was always the case until the first movie came out. Then they gave him biologicals, and they retconned the whole thing because of course. You know, yeah, because I I didn't read the comic book so much, but when I was a kid, I remember, I kind of remember he had to put. Yeah, yeah, they, they put it back in, and so it, it's still, it's going to be more faithful to the comic, like I said, and also he's more witty. He's not like, uh, to- uh not Tobey Maguire. Uh, he's not Tony like Maguire. emo Spider-Man oh, yes. in the third one. Oh, we do not speak of the third one. Third First one. two were good, but the third one, God. That, what, that, what is it with the sequ- the trilogies? They're ruining them all. It's well, like part of it was... Spider-Man 3, poop. Matrix 3, poop. Um, X-Men 3, ugh. Well... X-Men 3 was a different director. I'll give yeah, that's that. that's why it was terrible, because the director left uh, to make Superman. Spider-Man. And then X-Men yeah. suffered because of it. Yeah. Spider-Man 3, the problem was that they forced him to do something he didn't want to do, so he threw it as he fit and just half-assed it. Mm-hmm. That's what happened, because he wanted to mainly make the Sandman, and it looked like the first half, it looks developed, it looks fine. Yeah. Except for Venom, and it's like... And Venom's in it for... Venom's such a cool character, he's in the movie for ten minutes. Yeah. yeah. And they have that whole sequence where he's emo and... Yeah, we don't. Um, let's see now. <laughs> There's else? no need to talk about yeah. it. That was the whole review of Spider-Man 3. And contrary to what Baz says, because he defends the movie left and right, I'm not even going to attempt to. Uh, Dark Knight Rises looked, unfortunately, I think it was, here's my opinion on it. I'm going to see it. I'll be opening night. I don't know. I watched IMAX, but I'm not anticipating it because they gave away too much too soon. They well, yeah, I mean, it... it from what everyone's saying, it looks like, okay, they kill Batman. Yeah. They, it looks like that's what They happened. spoil everything in the trailers. Like, what they've been doing now is a lot of trailers now, they give you the last scene in the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you see Avengers yet? Oh, yeah. The scene with Hulk is in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And that's a scene which is kind of like, yeah, so why? You, you, there's going to be no total, no, um, no suspense with that. It's a lot of other films, like, they give the twist, like, Brave. They gave the twist of the movie in the trailer. Which yeah. But that's the thing that the studios do, and they don't care about the artistic merit of the trailer. They just want to show someone, your average person, like, oh, okay, this is what's going to happen in the movie. It's going to be good action, and the hero's going to live. Okay, great, I'm going to see it. Oh, this is what's going to happen. They're going to, you know, make up and break up, and then they get together. Okay, great, I want to see it. So just to show you the movie. Beforehand. It used to be that they'd actually show the movie chronologically. If you watch the old uh, 70s films, it would show the whole movie chronologically, like yeah. bits of it. But then in the 70s, no, it's the 80s through the aughts, you had it where it didn't show, it, it left enough to the imagination. But now we've gone back. Well, the best movie trailer ever, arguably, is The Shining. Yes. Elevator door opens, blood, The Shining tells you. Basically, like, what the hell? What is this? This movie's gonna be terrifying. I still like the psycho, the psycho trailer. The original psycho? Yeah. Or well, not, not no, the remake. No, the, the original psycho. Okay. It literally is just it's. Alfred Hitchcock walks up. He's explaining the, the the scenery. Starts to set up the story. He goes to the bathroom. He opens it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norman Bates' mother with the dagger, and then psycho. And yeah. That's it. Beautiful. Well, you leave it to someone's imagination. But yeah, no, I agree with you. I, uh, I'm i not too looking forward to it because I'm obsessed with Batman Begins. I think it's one of the best Batmans. 
I think it's the best Batman movie. Yes. Now, The Dark Knight, I loved Heath Ledger, but I didn't love the movie, really. Uh, the only complaint I have is is really the bat voice. That's all I... Him like, I'm Batman. <laughs> that, yeah, that. it's that, that. The rest of the film I had no problem with. We'll see how it goes with this one. I don't know where it's mm-hmm. going. And also, I don't like the fact that he's pretty much closing this off. Well, this yeah, you know it's the last one, so... And then they're saying he's going to do all the other DC movies, and they're doing a Justice League movie. It's like, you're going to retcon it completely. Yeah. Alright, so let's see what else. Whatever. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Born Legacy and Total Recall, same day. Oh, I'm not looking forward to Total Recall. Uh, I love the... Why are we doing it? Well, it's, it's based on the book. So this is more on the book, so I'll give it that. It's, uh, it's based on uh, We Have It Wholesale, mm-hmm. and also John Cho as a drug dealer who looks like an actual Yakuza member. It's kind of cool. Now, do they throw Schwarzenegger a little cameo or no? I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm keeping that one. It's like the campaign also. That's another film which is interesting in a very weird sort of way. Those movies I'm not even looking at the trailer, so I won't spoil it. Uh, campaign is a political movie, and I'm not a fan of political films, but this looks funny because it's Will Ferrell versus Zach Galifianakis. Okay, it could be good. I haven't seen it though. Expendables. Uh, Expendables two will be awesome because, yes. come on, take every action star from the late eighties except to... one, except one. Why? Who's missing? Kurt Russell. Yeah. He didn't want to do it. He says I don't want to be in the Salmon cast again. Kurt Why, Russell because he, he did the one with the Tarantino and Rodriguez instead of the Snyder. No, he did uh, Tango and Cash, which we did. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Besides that, um. Is that the, the Tall Man? I wonder if that's the Tall Man from Phantasm. That would be awesome. We just with, with the Tall Man from Phantasm. So. Another movie which is already out, which you haven't heard about, or it, I don't know if you've heard about it. It's been out for a while, you probably have. And for listeners, is Rubber. It's an indie movie? Yes, yes, Rubber with a tire that is... Yeah, the tire that blows people up. Yes, it is a very... Um, it's a cool movie to see once. Yes, uh, I highly... Like, I bought an it's Xbox. It's so weird though. when you watch it. I will say this though, um, but it's cool. The the scene with the the dummy was like that that scene just felt <laughs> weird. It was just yeah. has a where where it's like. Well, you're into it, and then at a certain point, you're like, oh my god, my head hurts. Like, what the hell is she saying? Because of the, the recording, what they're saying. Uh... I like the opening. Yes. The opening is amazing. Oh. Just, <laughs> just sets it up perfectly. How come some people like sausages? Other people don't like sausages. No reason. Yeah. No. Uh, Rubbers. Uh, check it out. It's one of those movies that you watch with friends. And I think there's actually a drinking game for it. Like, there's the, the room drinking game. There is a room drinking game? There is a room drinking game. I think it's every time that he spasms out to take a shot. Or every time he says something with an accent. Yes. And, <laughs> and every time he Every has, time you see his butt, take a shot. Yeah. Uh, every time he changes his uh, his uh, tone of voice from shouting to completely perfectly calm, I didn't hit her. Oh hi, Mark. <laughs> I'm back. That movie is yes, it is priceless. Yes, Citizen Kane is bad news. They made God of War with Vin Diesel. No, 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 that's from Pitch Black. <laughs> that's, oh, okay. they, they just took Pitch Black. <laughs> All right. Stick it for us. We are done, ladies and gentlemen. We are done. We will see you next time. And check us out. Email us. Check out our our web our Facebook page and all the other information. And finally, remember to check out our and vote for the next theme month. We have a bunch of good ones, including the month of 
brains, 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 and social commentary. All right? Yes, and that's cool because it's not just a house. It's the living dead, which could be anything, any of the horror movies. We're Gonzville people. What can it mean? The ability to perfect the physical and mental characteristics of every unborn child. In the not too distant future, our DNA will determine everything about us. A minute drop of blood saliva or a single hair determines where you can work who you should marry what you're capable of achieving in a society where success is determined by science divided by the standards of perfection one man's only chance... How do you expect to pull this off? I don't know exactly. ...is to hide his own identity. This is the last day that you're going to be you and I'm going to be me. ...by borrowing someone else's. Congratulations. What about the interview? That was it. Do you think you'd be doing what you're doing if it wasn't for who you are, what you are? I have a feeling you might be there under false pretenses, playing somebody else's hand. They've got my picture plastered up all over the place. They'll recognize me. They won't recognize me. They'll recognize me. I don't recognize you. They won't believe that one of their elite could have suckered them all this time. They are going to find me. But in a place where any cell from any part of your body can betray you, how do you hide? When we all shed 500 million cells a day. Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, welcome to Gattaca.
For someone who was never meant for this world, I must confess, I'm suddenly having a hard time leaving it. Of course, they say every atom in our bodies was once part of a star. Maybe I'm not leaving. Maybe I'm going home. Who lives up there? Well, I certainly don't. This is still a matter of the height. Why, how tall are you? Four foot six. How tall were you before the accident? There is more vodka in this piss than there is piss. All right, I'm sorry. I had half a glass to celebrate. I'm sorry. But try Friday's. That one will be okay. There's only Wednesday left. Wednesday? That's the one. Besides, what if they do find something? I'm going to be slightly out of their jurisdiction. I'd be happier if you had some company. I have visitors. Yeah, well, none that you don't pay. I wouldn't have it any other way. Seriously. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna finish this. Forget it. What do you want? An apology? Oh, it gets to you, doesn't it? It gets to you that I can do what you can only dream of. I'm getting off this ball of dirt. How dare you question me? That's harassment. My mistake. What's your number? What's your number? Who's your friend? 
did you get up here? Oh, I can always walk. I've been faking it. She likes us.